all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Here it is. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith. We're getting ready to raise up some hell raises around here. Let's say it together. I am unconditionally loved by God. And at harvest, I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. One scripture, Isaiah 47. One quick scripture, Isaiah 47. we got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to move as expeditiously as possible. And uh, whatever I don't get at this experience, we'll get at the next one. Isaiah 47 and 4. If you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're like back by revelation, you went way too far. As is true with most humans, they go to extremes. They go too far. Isaiah 47, 4. For, uh, as for our Redeemer, that, that means he bought us. He buys us. That, that means your life is not about what you want. And I think of some people in here that you tried to do what you want, and what you wanted blew up in your face. But the good thing about it is it taught you to lay down your will to pick up the will of why he sent you. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't run nothing. Uh, that's a southern colloquialism. That means you're not in charge. It ain't about what you want to do. Harvest wouldn't have been here if 10 years ago I got my will. But I had to lay my will down to pick up the will of the one who sent me. And I think there's at least a few people that are glad. All right, just a few. Isaiah 47, 4, as for our Redeemer, means he says he bought you so he gets to tell you what to do, not you tell him what you're going to do. The Lord of hosts is his name. That, 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 means, that means the Lord of war. That, that, that means the God that likes to fight. That means the God that likes to raise a little hell. The Lord that raises hell is his name the Holy One of Israel. Father, speak to us now that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. You are the God, Father, that raises up hell raisers. You are the God of angel armies. You are the God that joins forces with your people for the success of your people. And now we decree and declare that there would be, Father, a hell raiser raising up on the inside of everybody under the sound of my voice. We thank him that it is so. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, introduce today's message to somebody. Tell them he's the God of angel armies. He's the God of angel armies. 
You can be seated. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said that he would build his church and that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against his church. And the church is more than a building. Yes, it is the place where the church, who you and I are, where we come together to gather corporately. But the church is more than that. Somebody say it's more than that. It's when God's people gather to aggressively accomplish God's purposes. In fact, not only will hell not prevail or win against the church, you'll look at your neighbor and say, all I do is win. Not only will hell not prevail against the church, and since you and I are the church, that means hell can't prevail against you and I. But we should all be hell raisers, which means to destroy and to cut off. Somebody holler, I'm a hell raiser. And that's what I'm going to raise up over these next few weeks in this series. For the last time, uh, is hell going to do what it wants to do to you and not have to pay a price for it? For the last time, is depression coming on you and not having to pay a price for it? For the last time, is discouragement coming against you and not going to have to pay a price for it? Touch your neighbor and say, you're a hell raiser. There is now a descriptive name of our God, and it is called Jehovah Sabaoth. God is not God's name. God is a title from a 6th century word, Gudam, which just simply means source or deity. God's name is yet in the Hebrew, the great I am. In English, it translates into Jehovah. And so there are different descriptive names that were attributed to God throughout time. And one of those names I've taught you about before was Jehovah Sabaoth. Say Jehovah Sabaoth. Uh, this is also this term, the Lord of hosts, which means he's the God who joins forces with the forces of his people for success. God says when what your will becomes what his will is, he'll join his forces with your forces so that you can succeed. But it also means he's the God of war. That means he's the God that likes to fight. Y'all like my little sword prop? We borrowed it from King's Gifts today. Uh, he is the God that says he likes to fight. And when God fights, God don't fight just to be fighting. When God fights, he says, I fight to win. Would you touch your name and say, our God likes to fight to win? He's not a God that starts a war that he cannot win. And the reality is, since he has no equals, there is no war he starts where he will not win. But then it also means he's the God of angel armies. And as hell raises, we're not by ourselves. Uh, yes, there we are a great army collectively gathered, but we are not by ourselves. Say, we're not by ourselves. We have a God that has an army of angels that are with us. And if God be for us, I just want to ask somebody who would be stupid enough to be against us. Touch your neighbor say, I'm a hell raiser. So what's this? What are angels? I want to talk about angels today. In the Bible, the term angels refers to, watch this, one of two things. It refers to a messenger sent from God to you as a, number one, man of God, which is your pastor. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, God has sent you an angel or a messenger. But the second meaning of this word angel, it means a divine being. And today I want to minister to you about the divine being. Say divine beings. Uh, now, and when they appear in the earth, they often appear, uh, Genesis 19 teaches us as humans. So I want you to look at this, Hebrews 1.14. We're going to look at tons of scriptures today, so keep your Bible handy or just keep your eyes on the screen. Hebrews 1.14, uh, it says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Wait a minute. Uh, are they not all ministering spirits? This, all there refers to angels. Say the angels are servants to us. The word minister here in the New King James, it just simply means serve. So the angels, watch this, we're not sent here to serve them. The angels are there to serve us, which means you got angels that are waiting on some instructions from you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. 
while you're sitting up complaining about what's going on in your life, you got some angels who are saying, if you shut that negativity, nasty talk out your mouth and start speaking the word, you could get something done. Touch your neighbor and say, the angels are here to serve us. Why are they here to serve us, Bishop? They're here to serve us so that we can fulfill what we've been sent to the earth to do. Now, next question, how many angels are there? Well, Revelation 8-2 says that there are seven angels that stand before God as direct reports. These are the, God, uh, these are the angels that, if you would, brief the Lord every day. These are the direct reports. And if you were to look at a corporate structure, these are the executives that report to the chief executive. There are seven that stand before him. These are referred to as archangels. The word arch there, uh, the prefix just means first among angels. They are the first among the other angels. And there are seven that stand before him. We'll get into that uh, later on. They are direct reports and they're called archangels. Say there are seven that stand before him. But Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the uh, legions of angels that they lead, they are innumerable. Which means I got way more than what I'll ever need. Just your neighbor and say, you got way more angels than you'll ever need. They are an innumerable company of angels, the scripture says. Now, uh, look at this. Now, let's look at this. How do angels operate? Ezekiel 1.14. Just stay with me, always. Ezekiel 1.14. So we've got, watch this, seven that are archangels. And now we have innumerable, an innumerable number of angels that report to those seven. Check it out. And they are there to do what? Serve us. Which means whatever need, whatever, whatever issue, whatever problem, there's an angel for that. Apple said there's an app for that, but God says there's an angel for that. Just your neighbor said there's an angel for whatever you're dealing with. If you're weak, there's an angel for that. If you need healing, there's an angel for that. If you need encouragement, there's an angel for that. If you need focus, there's an angel for that. High five your neighbor said there's an angel for that. Now, what, how do they operate? Ezekiel 1.14. Uh, the living creatures ran back and forth. Now, living creatures here in chapter 10 is identified in angels. Uh, the living creatures or angels ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning, which means psh, psh, like a psh of lightning. Yeah, 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 yeah. God says, it don't take me all day. God says, if you'll get in order... What you need? Psh. What you know? Psh. Just your neighbor said they move just like that. They move like a flash of lightning, which means, watch this, that's why some of you, you, you were supposed to be in a car accident. But when the Lord looked on you, he had to send one of the angels and psh, just like that, somehow, so, do I have any witnesses in here? The doctor said you weren't going to make it, but just like that, he said, y'all not saying nothing to me. You felt like giving up, and in fact, you were ready to take your life, but just like, just like that, just your neighbor said they move like lightning. Which means wherever I need them to be, that's where they at. Now, watch this, watch this. Now, so, so say they move like lightning. Now, how else do they operate, Bishop? Psalm 103.20, their voice activated. Say their voice activated. Uh, it's kind of like Siri. You ever, you ever talk, well, whatever device you use, hopefully you're in the Apple camp, but if you're not, repent today. There's forgiveness for you in church today. But now, watch this. Watch this. Say voice activated. Which means it recognizes the voice. And the voice creates its next action. 
And its next action doesn't take that long because they move like lightning. Psalm 103.20. So here's how they work. Their voice activated. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. So the angels are what? Strong. And they're strong what? Servants. Who are they to serve? Us. That, that's, why maybe you, that's why maybe you came up in a particular, you know, uh, sect, S-E-C-T of Christianity or denomination of Christianity where they taught you to, to you know, to, to worship the angels. Now, all that's totally out of order. God's first instruction to them was to bow to Adam. Not the reverse. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength. Say they real strong. Who do his what? Word. Not what you want. But they do his word. Watch this. They heed or they listen to or they follow the voice of his word. Now, I need you to do, stay with me. Touch your name and say, stay with Bishop. It doesn't say they heed him. It says they heed the voice of his word. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying? Now, why is this significant? Because Genesis 1 says that when God made us, he made us in his image and in his likeness. What does that mean? He made me a speaking spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. You're not hearing me. So when you speak, the angels can't tell the difference between him and you. Because you're in his image and you're in his likeness. Which means some of the hell you're in, you called upon yourself. But today, I'm here to announce to somebody, you're getting ready to have some divine reversals. Because you're getting ready to change what comes out of you. What comes out of your mouth. Touch your neighbor and say their voice activated. So they move like lightning. Their voice activated. And they're here to serve us. Now let's figure out what they can do. Let's see what they can do. Touch your neighbor and say I wonder what they can do. We're going to look at several scriptures. Y'all got to go with me. If y'all go with me good I'll get it all in. You don't go with me good you got to stay for the next. Watch this. Isaiah 37, 36. Isaiah 37, 36. <laughs> say the God of angel armies. See, see, that's why only a fool would mess with somebody that's in order. Only a fool would mess with somebody that puts God's will first. That's why you ain't never worried about, to get, uh, worried about getting even with folks. Let me show what the angels can do. Then the angel of the Lord went out and he killed in the camp of the Assyrians. Say they were God's enemies. Now, when I say God's enemies, God has no equal, so God has no enemies. They were enemies to God's people. Therefore, the scripture says, I'll be an enemy to who's an enemy to you as long as the kingdom is first. So only a fool would make you their enemy since I'm for you. Got it? Now, look what happens. Look what happens. Uh, Isaiah 37, 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians. Count that number. 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses, all of them dead. One angel can slay 185,000 men. Touch your neighbor and say, that's some power. If one angel can take out 185,000 men, stop worrying about who's talking about you. Stop worrying about who said this about you. One angel can knock that sucker out overnight. All right, what else can they do? Say, Bishop. What else can they do? Psalm 34, 7. Let's see what else they do. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around. 
that, that means, encamps there means he puts a hedge of protection. But watch the condition around all of those who fear him. Now, that word fear there simply means you make what's important to him important to you. That means he's first. That means the kingdom is first. First in your time, church attendance. First in your talent, serving in church. First in your thirst, that's your prayer, praise, and worship. First in your testimony, that's inviting people to church. And first in your treasure, that's your tithe, offerings, and first fruit. The angels only protect you if they see that he's first. If the kingdom's not first, the angels say, next. That's why there's some stuff that came at you, tried to knock you down, tried to take you out. But what they didn't realize is there were some angels standing guard saying, I wish the sucker would mess with him. I wish, I, I wish you would. Shut your neighbors that are angels encamped around about you. So when death comes at you, the angels are like, you better stand down. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? When cancer comes against you, the angels say, you better stand down. When depression comes against you, the angels say, you better stand down. You still here? Now, uh, watch this. And it says, and uh, into that verse, Psalm 34, 7, and he delivers them. That means he takes them out to bring them in. Only to those who fear him, he's first. And what's, first, what's most important to him, according to Matthew 6, 33, the kingdom first, first in your time, talent, treasure, thirst, testimony. Now, now, I don't know about you, but if one of the benefits of making sure the kingdom's first is just that hedge of protection by itself, that hedge of protection alone is worth making sure the kingdom's first. Touch your name and say, it is worth it. All right, let's see what else they can do. First Chronicles 21, 15. First Chronicles 21, 15. Now, let me give you some context. Y'all with me? Yes, let me give you some context. David, David, we talked about David at the end of the Empire series. David uh, had did some stuff he wasn't supposed to do. And, and the issue with David, though, is that David knew how to quickly repent. Except this time. This time, David took too long to fix what he messed up. This time, David said, I'm going to just let it wait a little bit. I'm going to let it cool off. I'm going to let it this. I'm going to let it that. And the scripture says that David aroused the anger of the Lord because what David did, he wasn't supposed to do. And rather than David immediately repenting and fixing it, he kind of just sat back and was like, well, listen, I don't know. You know, I, you know. I, 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 I. So the Lord said, David, let me show you something. Let me introduce you to one of my angels. So you have context. All right, now watch this. First Chronicles 21, 15. This is happening after David disobeyed God. And God's issue wasn't that he made a mistake. To touch your neighbor and say, God's not looking for your perfection. Matter of fact, I'm so glad that God's not looking for our perfection because we're none of us qualified. God's not looking for our perfection. What did we learn at the end of the last series? But he is looking for our repentance. He's looking for us to have contrition, a repentant heart. And I think there's a few people in his place today that say, from that message, I got a repentant heart now. I've got a contrite heart. I don't know everything. I didn't say everything right. I didn't do everything right. And being a Christian doesn't mean getting everything right. It means when I make a mistake and get it wrong, I fix it, and I fix it fast. So look at what happens. So David took too long. Say, so he took too long. What's too long? A minute. Once you'd been told, uh-uh, okay, 
Now, but I just need some time to digest that. Okay, God said, okay, David, uh, while you digest it, let me show you something. I just need some time to think. I just need some time to think. Okay, well, while you're thinking, let me introduce you to Mikey and Gabriel now. So here's the context. Here's the context. Here's the context. First Chronicles 21, 15. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem. Notice, David, who was the ruler, who was the king, made the mistake. Everybody around him had to pay for it. It's dangerous for you to harbor somebody unrepentant. It's dangerous for you to side with somebody that won't get right and won't do right. It's dangerous. Because David made the mistake, but God said, I'm going to destroy the whole city, though. Okay, it's quiet in the church. Y'all don't like this. Y'all was shouting about lightning. I'm just telling you what they can do. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying it, the Lord looked and said, all right, that's enough. Restrain your hand. His hand did that. He said, it is enough. That's enough. Restrain your hand. You ever seen in movies where they're trying to, you know, good cop, bad cop, so they're trying to rough the guy up to get him to talk? And so they rough him up. All right, that's enough. That's what the Lord did. The Lord was like, all right, that's enough. Stop. The Bible says, and they stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Verse 16, then David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. The angel was like, the moment I get to go, David, because you took too long to fix this, I'm taking everything around you out. But touch your neighbor, say, but the scripture gets good. When David saw that the angel was ready to slay everybody, the Bible says that David and the elders clothed in sackcloth, they fell on their faces. What does that mean, Bishop? They repented. I'm going to tell somebody, if you got destruction going on around you, there is a way to stop it, and that is called repentance. Touch your neighbor and say, it's called repentance. They fell on their faces and they repented. And the scripture says that because of that, eventually, if you read a few verses, the Lord says, all right. But just know, take that long again. Let me help some of you. Because some of you, you have been a Christian for too long to still act like a baby. You've been a Christian for too long to still talk about this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to this. You've been saved for too long to act that immature. Tell your neighbor, say, it is time for you to grow up. And I don't care if you've been saved for two months, two years, two days, 20 years. It's too, it's too late for you to keep acting like a child. You're still here. What else can they do, Bishop? All right. Hebrews 2.1. Let's look what else they can do. Hebrews 2.1. Y'all doing all right. Hebrews 2.1. Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed or adherence or following the order to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Now, let me give you context for this scripture. Uh, well, actually, the context will make itself in verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, verse 2, for if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. Look at me. Say, Bishop. What can the angels do? The angels can decree something. And what they decree 
if it's not heeded, what does verse 2 say? That transgression and disobedience will receive a just reward. What does that mean? Rather than raising hell, hell's going to be raised against you. But today. So an angel has the ability, and we're going to look at this in a moment. An angel has the ability, an angel has the ability to decree a thing. And the scripture says that when they decree a thing, when they state a thing, when they speak a thing, that if that thing isn't heeded. Now, remember, angels has dual meaning. It is not just the divine being, but it is also the man of God you're assigned to. That's why in Revelation, it says to the angel, to the church of thus and such. So look what the Bible says. The Bible says that if there's transgression and disobedience, then there's a just reward. Well, now, who gives those rewards? The same angel that you disobeyed. Be a good church, 915. Now, say, Bishop, what else can they do? All right, let me give you something to shout about. Daniel 622. Let me give you a shout, then I'll get back into the nitty-gritty. My God sent his angels, or his angels, excuse me, and what was trying to devour me, he shut its mouth so that it couldn't hurt me because I was in order before him and also, oh king, I've done no wrong before you. What, 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 says, what can an angel do? An angel doesn't have to deliver you from it. It'll preserve you in it. Y'all don't know when to shout. You keep saying, I just need to come out of this and come out of that. And come out. The angel says, I'm so good that while you're in the lion's den, I ain't even got to get you out the lion's den. I'll just shut the mouth of the lion. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, right in the situation you're in, right in the valley you're in, right in the storm you're in, rather than getting you out of it, I'll just preserve you in it. Why, Bishop? Because sometimes you need to learn some lessons that the valley has to offer that you can't learn on the mountaintop. I think there's some witnesses in here that say there are some lessons I learned in the valley that I would not learn while I was on the mountaintop. But what I love about our God is he said, while you're in it, I'll shut the mouth of the lion while you're in the lion's den. Doesn't ever say that. That's what angels can do. All right, now, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Exodus 23, 20. Exodus 2320. Exodus 2320. Here it is. Behold, I send an angel. Now, angel here is capitalized. Now, the significance of the capitalization is that this is no regular angel. This is the Lord Himself. But watch this. Well, I, I need you to hear me, Harvest. The Lord, when He does manifest Himself, He doesn't manifest Himself in a way you think he should. You looking for a burning bush and for a voice in your head, that's weird. Show me scriptural precedent for that. He said, I'm going to manifest in a way that you won't know it's me, but I'm going to see how you treat it. And oftentimes, from scriptural precedent, that's the man of God you've been assigned to. God said, I'm going to manifest as him and see how you treat him. Because how you treat him, what you didn't know is it was me in him. So if you give him hell. All right. Exodus 23, 20. Behold, I will send an angel before you to keep you in the way. So what can the angels do? They'll keep you focused. 
keep you in the way, to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. They keep you on schedule. Say, keep me focused. Keep me on schedule. Look at verse 21. Beware of him. That, that, that means, that word beware there just means honor him, fear him, reverence him, and obey his voice. Don't provoke him. What is provoking? Don't intentionally test the limits with him. Because he won't pardon your transgressors. Now, let me make this real practical. You ever, parents, you ever have your child try to test the limits with you? Where you were like, don't be, don't be, don't be, uh, don't be dealing with so-and-so. And then you, you see them and so-and-so standing over there like, didn't I say, nah, mama, I had went over there and so-and-so just, they came around. Well, that was your cue to leave. Y- y'all following the point? Y'all following the point? So this is what he means. He says, don't provoke him. If he said, sit down, sit down. And in the South, we wouldn't say sit down. We'd say, sat down. But watch this, somebody that provokes him says, well, I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat, almost standing up, because at least my, at least I have contact between my gluteus maximus and the top of the seat. So I'm technically, watch this, I'm technically compliant, but I'm not submitted. So I'm testing the limits. And when you test the limits, look at what he says. Verse, he won't pardon your transgressions. What's a transgression? A willful deviation from what you were told to do. For my name is in him. you still here. Now, look at verse 22. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be, watch this, an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. So what's the angel? A test. He said, if you can listen to him, then I'll be an enemy to everything that is an enemy to you. And I'll be an adversary to everything that's an adversary to you. Which means your only fight is the fight of obedience. Touch your neighbor and say, that's the real fight. You're talking about I'm in spiritual warfare. No, you're in warfare to do what you're told. And if you do that, then the angel, which is the test, then says, all right, good. Well, then whoever is your enemy is now our enemy. And whoever is your adversary is our adversary. And remember, an enemy is not just a a, a person. An enemy is a noun that opposes forward progress. A person, place, thing, or idea. Which means he says, every bad idea you got, I'll be an enemy to that. Every bad place you keep going to, I'll be an enemy to that. You still here? Now, now, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, verse 23, for my angel will go before you. So, so in other words, he says, he'll prepare it for you. He'll ready it for you. My angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, into the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I'm going to cut them off. Well, what's this? Say, Bishop, what that mean? He says, the angel says, not only will it keep you focused, not only will it keep you on schedule, not only is it a test, but he says, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to go before you. We're going to leave the verse up for a moment. I'm going to go before you. The land these people are referring to is the promised land. What's the promised land for you and I? The promised life. What's the promised life for you and I? Heaven's attributes on earth. God's modus operandi. There's a word for that. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. But there's another word for that we've been using. He said the angel is going to make sure that you get on. Y'all don't even know when to shout. 
Y'all don't even know when to shout. And whatever's keeping you from on 10, I'm going to cut them off. So if you see some people acting funny with you, the angel just cut them off. <laughs> All right, watch this. Say, Bishop, what else can they do? All right, Luke twenty-two forty-one. We'll see how much I can get. Luke twenty-two forty-one. Y'all doing good. Being a good class. Luke twenty-two forty-one. Now this is Jesus. This, now watch this. This is God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. The Anthropos. So much God you can't believe is man. So much man you can't believe is God. And he is now in the most agonizing moment of his humanity, because he has to willingly give up his life. No matter he could take it, he has to give it. And he has to give it, watch this, for no reason. Mister, what do you mean? Uh, he has to give it so that you and I can have life. But we didn't even know we needed life. He has to give it so that we could receive forgiveness. We didn't even know we did wrong. Which adds agony to his humanity because his humanity can't justify his, the sufferings he's about to endure. You got it? Now, let's look at this. Luke twenty-two forty-one 41, verse. And he was withdrawn from about a stone's throw from them, and he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father! Now, this is what he said. And that's good, though, y'all. Y'all in sync. That's, that'll work. I, I, that'll work. Father, if it is your will, watch this. He says if, because he already knows it's not. But when you get weak sometimes, you'll start questioning what you already know. I wish there were some people in there that'd be real. There's some stuff you already know. What I'm saying is foolish, is crazy. I already know the will of the Lord, and I'm sitting up here talking about if. I'm saying if because I know I'm wrong in the first place. But I'm in a moment of humanity. I'm in a moment of weakness. So even Jesus' humanity says, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Now notice. This is what the Bible says he was sent to do. And when he's, watch this, church. When he's doing what he's sent to do, that's when he started tripping. When he was average Joe doing nothing, going nowhere, wasn't about nothing, he was good. But when he stepped into assignment, when he stepped into doing what he was sent to do, that's when he started tripping. Verse he said, if it's your will, take this cup from me. What's the cup? The bitter cup he was about to drink. What's that? The crucifixion. He says, but look, Lord, who are we fooling? I already know what your will is. I'm just having a human moment and acting like a mere human. He said, nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. Watch the next verse. Then an angel appeared from heaven and the angel gave him strength and said, now you better push this out. You better make it do what it do. I know it hurts like hell, but you're a hell raiser. I know you're confused. I know your humanity is talking loud to you, but for this reason, were you sent? Now be strong. Tell the neighbor, say, now be strong. I need you to shake that neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, now be strong. Be 
You have not come this far to fail. You've not come this far to get knocked down. Just your neighbor say, be strong. He says, he says, watch this. Well, when did the angel show up? When he submitted his will. See, the reason some of you are so weak is because you're stubborn. And that's why you're wishy-washy, and that's why you're up and down, and that's why you go back and forth, and that's why you're like, you're, you're, it's, it's just misery to have for folk to be around you because they don't know which version of you they're going to get. Because yesterday you were great, and the next day you're just you're a hell raiser, R-A-I-S-E-R-S. But today I'm announcing there's an end to that in your life. Touch your neighbor and say, drop your will, drop your will. I need somebody in this place. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, submit your will and when you do it he's going to give you strength is there anybody in here where you need him to give you strength I need somebody just your neighbor say I need strength tell him say I need strength I feel like preaching in this place is there anybody is there anybody where you've learned to lay down your will and to pick up his will and when you do it won't he make a way out of no way and won't he open doors and no man can shut just your neighbor say won't he do it won't he won't he won't he do it Let me finish. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let me finish. Let me finish. I think somebody's wheels being broken and somebody's saying, Lord, forgive me for trying to do it my way. Shut your neighbor and say, ask the Lord to forgive you for trying to do it your way. Just repent. Is there anybody that's your prayer this morning? Hallelujah. 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 When he submitted, he got strength. When he submitted, he got strength. If you're weak, it's because you're not submitted. But I declare there's some strength getting ready to rise up. When I was looking at Superman versus Batman, when he got weak, he had to call on his strength on his strength touch your neighbor say strength's coming to you because you're submitting your will now I need somebody I need anybody to just give him glory in this place 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 Hallelujah.
There's a second wind coming. There's a focus coming. Shataba, shata. There's shataba. There's a focus coming. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.